And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against networkers who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hope you're having an awesome day. I am walking outside. It is cloudy right now, actually. Yesterday was so, so nice. It was incredibly warm here in um, the San Diego area. And uh, actually, I, I needed to spend a few days in kind of a disconnect and strategy and stuff like that. I've been really in the business, in the weeds of the business for a couple months now. And I need to pull out and uh, look at the business from up top. And I need to do that every few months to really make sure that we're heading in the right direction, that kind of thing. And so I did that the past couple of days. And um, and uh, yesterday I was actually at the beach um, for a lot of the day, or I shouldn't say a lot of the day, but enough of the day. Um, and it was very warm. It was super sunny. It was probably one of the warmest days we've had. And just like, man, I have to go. And so I went swimming in the ocean twice, um, sat at the beach. It was, it was really awesome. And today is literally cloudy and cool and kind of brisk. Um, but I actually like the brisk weather. Uh, it's kind of weird, I know. One of the reasons I gravitate towards like Southern California by the coast is, uh, if you if you don't know, um, when the sun is out, it's very warm in the sun. Um, but you can literally go in the shade and, and almost be cool. It's really interesting. It's not like Florida or it's it's not humid, really. So it's, it's just kind of this perfect little climate. I think it's probably why so many people like it here and why it's so expensive is because it's just this perfect, like, little bubble. Um, it's like, it's like you know, a couple hundred mile bubble up the coast and only a few, you know, 10, 20 miles in. It's pretty interesting. So anyway, um, kind of enjoying some of the brisk air right now. Um, and uh, makes it easy, makes it a little easier to to spend some time in your business when, when it's not like you know mind-bendingly gorgeous out. So uh, it's, it's I'm almost a little grateful for that. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk with y'all about um, something that we are considering doing, and I, I'm just really sharing with you um, stuff that like as we go through it. Um, you know, sometimes I share things after the fact, and I share maybe uh, struggles or victories or things like that. Um, uh, this is not really either. It's just a, you know, kind of a, a thing that I've really, you know, thought about from a strategic standpoint over the past, you know, um, couple days really. And this has come up multiple times, um, over the past really nine months. And, um, and it's something that we're, we're, I'm going to be heavily considering, um, like much faster than we thought. It was always, it's been on my long-term game plan for about two months, like an actual, like, okay, we're going to do this. Um, but 
I think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna move up in the let's do this very very soon category, um, and I don't know if it's gonna be for the whole team or I don't I don't know the details yet. I don't know if there's gonna be requirements, I, things like that. I just don't know. But the the bottom line is just to not leave you hanging, and then I'll backtrack and maybe tell you the story. But the bottom line is, you know the the biggest struggle in network marketing um, is that people don't have enough qualified prospects to speak with. That's the biggest struggle, right? I mean, if you're listening to this, most likely you've either felt it yourself or you have your team that feels it. They don't have enough qualified prospects to speak with. So MLM Rebels, we literally fix that problem, right? Um, We give people an unlimited supply of applicants, um, you know, through using and through building and using our systems. Well, something that we can do, like we personally you know, are, you know, obviously, uh, good at that. And, um, we can generate, you know, a unlimited supply of applicants and thus an unlimited supply of enrollments for ourselves. Um, now one of the things that we haven't done really, um, is allowed people to basically, if you will, buy our applicants. So, one of the things that we are, I'm considering is allowing our team, this only would work for our team, at least actually it would work for others as well. But the the first place I would test it to see if I even like doing it. It's obviously going to work. It's a matter of if we like doing it, what's the operations and the back end like is allowing our team to buy our applicants basically. So we can generate, you know, thousands a day and our team can buy them from us. And, um, you know, we wouldn't really charge them anything, you know, or we charge them just the cost of the lead, maybe plus 5% just for fluctuations, uh, fluctuation stuff. Um, and, you know, reason being is it is it could lead to incredibly fast duplication because right now when someone gets in, you know, people will still, you know, do their Walmart if they want to. And we have systems for that. And if they don't want to, fine, whatever. But either way, the next thing they did they do is is they is they have to put together the recruiting system. And when someone's a part of our team, they get an eighty percent done for you system. Um, it's very very complete for them. But they still have to do some work to put it together, test it out, get some get some results, right? And, it, and that can take some time. Now, depending on the person, the previous experience, you know, maybe a bit of luck, um, that that time frame can change from you know as low as a couple days all the way through a couple months. Um, and so what. I wanted to, but some people, the the same thing can happen, right? Where people get stuck in the curriculum. They think that they're working and making progress by, by getting trained. And that's just, just not true. Um, you know, you don't make progress unless you're adding people to your team and making more money and making more sales. And so, you know, even in our team, people can get stuck in the, the curriculum trap where if, if they're, if they're like in the curriculum, they think that they're making progress. And so I want to get people out of that as many people as out of that as possible 80 20 rules still apply, but if I can just kind of lessen that, uh, the 80%, if you will, um, I want to. And so what if when someone gets in, you know, the very first thing that they do is they can have the option to just basically purchase applicants that we generate. And this is way different than buying leads, by the way, you know, lead buying from like a company, those leads suck, suck. They just suck. They're horrible. 
Um, I, I've done it plenty of times as um, just to basically tell you that they suck. Um, and we've got tons of people on a team that literally that's the way they built their business and they suck. Um, you know, buying leads from like, you know, opportunity brokers is just the biggest waste of money on the planet. I would, I'd rather do that than cold contact, <laughs> but um, not by much. Uh, you're basically making a cold contact to, f- to phone numbers that are barely more qualified than straight out of the phone book. Um, and let me rephrase. Actually, I don't even think I've purchased leads myself. Um, I think I'm only going on the experience, like the experience of others when I say that. I've purchased pretty much every other type of media um, for the experience or for um, you know actual testing. Um, but I actually don't think I've actually purchased leads myself in order to call them because um, literally every single person that I have talked to says they blow. And I know how they generate them. That's the other reason I've never wasted my money on that. Is I uh, like, bef- <laughs> yeah, the, the, I know how they generate those leads, and it's 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 garbage. Um, so with our applicants, with our leads, now our leads, I call them applicants because they're actually applicants. They're not just name, email, phone numbers. Um, you know, the leads, the applicants that we generate are very high quality, you know, and if for an applicant to come into our business or come into our kind of world, they have to jump through a ton of hoops and they're like, ex- they're extremely well qualified because they go through, you know, at the very least they read the MLM Rebels blueprint, which is a 41 page document, I believe, um, talking about building the business, how we build the business. Um, they also listen to multiple of our podcasts, watch multiple of our videos, do multiple homework assignments, and then and only then, that's, that's, the, that's the least amount of work that they do. Um, sometimes we make them watch a two-hour-long presentation or a one, excuse me, a one-hour-long presentation. Um, the, the last hour is Q&A. Uh, they watch another hour-long presentation, and then they fill out an application. So the applicants that we get are extremely high quality. They know exactly who we are. They know exactly how we build the business. They know exactly what this is, how we do it. Um, they know, like, like they're, they're not, I shouldn't say they're already sold. That's not true. But they're extremely qualified, extremely qualified. And that's who our applicants are. So, you know, some people generate leads and like, you know, they the people don't pick up the phone or, you know, the leads don't even want to talk to them. That doesn't happen with us. You know, if we generate 10 applicants. We're probably going to get to have eight to nine of them on the phone and we're going to close on average three of them, three to four on average, um, which is incredibly high, um, incredibly high. So what I'm thinking of is, okay, I can, I can literally give these applicants to my team can scale them, scale the super high and allow my team to buy this, buy them off of me. Um, the things that, that has always held me back from this, because I, I, clearly that's a very obvious solution, right? Like everyone under, understand, oh, duh, Zach, why didn't you think of that before? Well, I did. Um, a few things have held me back in the past. The first one is, uh, number one, operationally, it's, it's, it is a, it's a big ordeal. Um, and I didn't really have the person that I trusted to, to do it, put it together. I'm not that guy. I can cast the vision for this. I can do the basic level wireframing of it, but I'm not the guy that can literally make it run. We have that guy now. Second thing is um, uh, what happens to the, to the dependence of a team? Like, do you make a team too dependent on you? 
You know, so for instance, if I give people out, I'm generating, I'm literally doing the lead gen for them and the presentation because like the, the presentation is already done too. So literally all the person has to do is close. Like they just sign up, they get the leads, the presentation's already done. All they got to do is close them. And many times they're going to get help from their plan to do that. So if I do that, let's say I want to stop one day and I don't want to, I don't want to run this whole lead thing. Um, what happens to my team? right? Are they so dependent on me that like they fall apart? <clears throat> That's the question that I, that I had. And, um, that still is a slight fear. You know, That's one of the reasons that we, that we um, make people build part of the system right now. Um, because we want them to learn the skills so that regardless if I'm involved or not, they have the skills that they can get results for themselves. That's why we have to build the system. Now, I think there's two solutions to my fear. Um, the first one is, you know, people don't want to be dependent on me forever. Like, they just, they just don't want to. You're going to get the occasional, like, welfare mentality person that does. But for the most part, people want control of their own business. And so I think, number one, me just creating a culture of taking independence, taking control of your business when you can, well, honestly solve a lot of that because you know people can be trusted in most cases and if we create that culture of independence that creature of uh, fiercely loyal and but fiercely independent which i took that from uh, previous teams um kind of motto fiercely loyal but fiercely independent if we can create that then they'll want to be independent anyway number two we won't get rid of our system that we have now you know so they can literally just segue into the current system which is where they are very independent so it's already there. All that framework is already in place. We just kind of graduate them later. Um, and then two is, you know, I had the kind of good fortune of I, of talking to two people that are a uh, little older in their career. Um, and uh, they basically did variations of this 20, 30 years ago. Um, so they had, you know, w- ways of basically generating applicants. They were actually less quality than ours, um, but they were they were good. They were not like buying crap leads. Uh, they were very good applicants, and they built very large. One of them, particularly, built a very large business that um, even after he pulled out of the business, it went on for ten to fifteen, twenty years. And the only reason that that income is gone is because you know he kind of make he kind of made a boo boo. I'm not going to get into the details of the boo boo. I don't want to put him. Uh, you know, I just don't want to put any of that information on blast, but he made a, a pretty large boo-boo in his business. And, um, it would have honestly been completely avoided if he just literally left everything alone and uh, just didn't touch anything. Um, so he probably still have a multiple, very high six figure, mu- multiple, multiple six figure income today, had he not done that. And the reason that it happened is, is he never, he never really even created a culture of independence. It was just people started to become independent on their own. They wanted to control. So they started to kind of do this splinter cell thing. And, um, you know, having a team that's disunified is, is not necessarily great. Um, but if it's big enough, you can have a lot of disunity, um, which I know I'm kind of saying things that some people won't like, but it's just, it's, you just start to see these things when you look at hundreds of, of big giant teams. Um, and so I think a lot of my fears with this have been unfounded. And so, you know, basically the way that the flow could work is, you know, someone gets gets started. Um, if they want to do warm market, then that's great. Um, if they don't, that's fine too. Then the first step is they literally just purchase applicants from us. So we generate applicants and um, 
give them to them for cost plus like 5% for fluctuation. They can do that for, you know, I don't know, maybe a forever or maybe a preset period of time. I don't really know, but they do that for a while. They get a ton of results with that because all they have to do is close. Um, and then, um, Number two is they kind of graduate or they start, you know, maybe like a blend graduation um, where they start to build their independent systems. And then eventually they go full independent, um, like full independent system, still under the Rebels banner, but it's fully, fully independent. And if they even want to pull the Rebels banner out of it, that's fine, um, whatever. But they go full independent, right? And, um, and then within that independence, that's where the fully automated systems come in. Um, the, like the fully the full blown automation uh, for the recruiting side, um, you know, back when we only had a fully automated recruiting system, you know, now we do basically two. We have what we call a leveraged recruiting system and an automated recruiting system. Leveraged means that the entire prospecting process is automated, and so people get a, a very high supply of applicants, and they call and close them. Automated means the entire recruitment process is automated as well. When we first started Rebels, all we had was the fully automated version, which is the sexy, super sexy version. Um, but uh, when we added the leverage piece in, we actually like tripled our close rate because the phone does help a lot. Um, so when we, when, when we did the automated version, one of the things that we did is we did what we called a co-op. We tested a co-op where basically someone could just give us money. We would run, we would run the ads for them and they would get the recruits. But since the whole thing was automated, they literally had to do nothing besides supply the money. Well, that didn't work, um, mainly because it created just this hyper-welfare mentality scenario. And honestly, we didn't even need to do it. So number one, the only reason co-ops make sense is when, like, I need someone's money, right? Like, if I want your $10,000 to run ads and it helps both of us, then, you know, you get the recruits, I get the money to run the ads and we both kind of win there. Well, the difference is with like a self-liquidating offer like what we've got or what we had then in that scenario is that every time we ran 500 bucks in ads, we made a thousand bucks in revenue. So you could see that the, the, the supply of cash was unlimited there. I didn't need anyone's co-op money. Um, but we did it anyway to try to, you know, encourage, uh, more participants. And what ended up happening is we did get more participants, but it ended up just being a kind of a welfare train wreck because they just gave us money, they expected results, and they, they literally had to do nothing. You know, zero skills. It was just literally like, hey, buy in, I'll run the ads for you, you get recruits, and the end. And so it's just super just dependent, super dependent. And um, that was that was a bit of a train wreck. I, I We literally killed it not long after we started it because, uh, you know, didn't like it at all. Um, so at the end of the day, I don't need your money to run ads. I can run my own ads and keep all the recruits myself and not have to deal with, you know, hundred people being whiny. But with this, you know, we're generating the applicants. We're taking control of the lead gen. We already have control of the presentations. You know, all the user has to do is, is close them. So it still takes, they still have to do that closing. Um, and, uh, and they can get their uplines help with that too. But they have skin in the game. But the hardest part, which is that first, you know, kind of lead gen system, or I shouldn't say it's the hardest part, but the first hardest part is that. And that would be taken care of. So anyway, um, just kind of uh, talking this out as, uh, as I'm sharing with you. Um, that was just one of the things that I had kind of thought about a lot. and really been thinking about, you know, you know, scale without more work on our parts. 
Um, and when I say scale, I mean long-term scale. It's easy to scale an online marketing funnel, um, but how do you scale this type of business without adding more more work? And um, you know, it's 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 fun to do these mental exercises and to pull away long enough to look at your business from different perspectives. And so that's one of the things. Um, the other thing is you know making sure that we continually support people at a very high level um, that are already on the team and in our customer base, um, but without like taking on more and more load on ourselves um so yeah there's uh, there's obviously ways to do it and that's another thing that i've been thinking about a lot too um so anyway um that being said uh that's that's kind of my, my brain dump on you hopefully someone found something useful in that um if you did fantastic if you didn't i don't think you'd be listening this far so um if you do if you are listening to this far uh, if you could do me a favor and leave a review and a rating down below that'd be awesome that's one of the the biggest things you can do to uh help the podcast uh to you know say some people want to some people say how do i help or how do i say thank you that's what you can do leave a review and a rating down below um i'd be really grateful for that so leave a five-star rating leave a review and I think that's about it. A quick little life update. We are moving into our new house in seven days from now, which is good. So currently homeless. Um, We're in between houses. So we're actually staying at a friend's house, which is fun. We were going to do an Airbnb if it was going to be a month or longer, but it was only about 13 days, 12, 13 days. So we just just, uh, hopped over to a friend's house, which is uh, really convenient from a location perspective. And it's just nice to uh, just not really have to think about anything. You know, you just kind of just swing over there. And that's it. So, um, yeah, moving to our new house in uh, about seven days. It's pretty exciting. It's a very, very, um, I didn't really share a ton about it. I think I did. Maybe I did. I don't know. If you've been following the podcast for a little while, we basically got a house and it was not what it seemed to be. Um, beautiful, beautiful inside, outside was just horrible. Um, very hard to focus. It was incredibly loud road noise, uh, dogs, neighboring dogs, um, the way the construction was of the area that we were in just echoed a lot. So if you, you could literally hear someone talking um, verbatim <laughs> uh, and they could be like 100, not 100, maybe 50 feet away and um, you could hear everything that they were saying and this would happen in the middle of the night, like middle of the night, this would happen all the time. It just, it was horrible. And um, I had like kind of like these like nightmarish visions of like actually having an infant at the house and like she's trying trying to take a nap at 3 p.m. and there's like dogs going crazy and people talking and you know kids yelling and all this stuff so we just you know we broke the lease uh, found a new tenant paid a bunch of money to do all of that and uh, you know God provided us with a new place which is which seems epic um, I'll, I'll let you know once we move in we're there for a week um, but from everything that we can tell seems amazing we uh, checked out. <laughs> I'll tell the story another time, but we had this place lined up, another place. We checked it out for hours, for multiple days. So multiple hours for multiple days to really make sure we weren't going to make the same mistake again. Brought to sign everything, good to go. The landlord has his mom living in that house. She's about to move out. She has a um, family catastrophe. The landlord says, I can't move my mom out at this time. It's too intense, whatever. So he actually backs out like the day before we are supposed to sign the lease, or maybe it was the day of signing the lease. He backs out. Now we're scrambling. Um, we <laughs> uh, basically find this place on a random night that we weren't actually supposed to be looking at houses. We find it. Next day we see it. We only had 30 minutes due to just really intense time constraints. We had 30 minutes to see it. Saw it in 30 minutes. Had to literally leave. Can't talk any longer. Bye. Had to leave. Get on a plane to Chicago. We're gone for six days. San Diego is incredibly competitive. So if you leave a house alone for six days, it's gone. Like 
you, you do not have that house anymore. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> so I basically did all of the work in Chicago to like, you know, get the paperwork in order, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. And, um, pretty much had to give confirmation in Chicago. Actually, I did give confirmation while in Chicago, only saw the place one time for 30 minutes. And, um, you know, and, uh, then we went back and saw it before we did fair in fairness, we did see it again before signing the lease. Um, we came back, but we already had confirmation out there. Uh, I think, I think I, no, I didn't sign it yet at that point. Um, so I saw it again and we saw it again for like an hour, but you know, where there's people there, didn't get the full blown experience that you want to sit in a neighborhood and stuff. <clears throat> um, I actually had a friend go out and sit in the neighborhood for an hour, hour and a half. And, uh, he had a good report anyway. Um, long story short, actually that's long story long. Um, the, the house is very beautiful inside. Um, it's not as beautiful as our last place inside, but it's probably eight out of 10. If the last place was 10, this is eight. Um, and, uh, outside is 10 out of 10 comparatively <laughs> to the last one. The last one was four out of 10. This was 10 out of 10. Um, in comparison, uh, it's got a very, very large yard that wraps around three sides of the house. And, um, uh, it's all like this kind of like limestone rock. Um, and then there's a you know, pretty good size. I don't know how big an in-ground pool, in-ground spa thing, uh, hot tub. Uh, and then there's like kind of the circle fire pit deal. And then, um, it, it, it's on a, uh, I think it's on a preserve. So behind the house is like this kind of mountainous preserve with these hiking trails right behind us. So there's no houses within sight behind the house, which is something that I really wanted because I didn't want the noise. Um, then if you wrap around the yard, there's like a half court basketball court. It's not actually a basketball court. It's like a, the size of like a half court slab of concrete, but they put a basketball hoop there. So you can call it a court if you want, but it's not like an actual court. Um, but it's like a big giant slab of concrete. And then it's limestone rock is under that. And then, uh, there's some more room. Like basically there's enough room for like two or three big trampolines next to it. If you wanted, like it's trying to give you an idea and there's like some trees and stuff. And then there's the yard continues and there's more room. And I think I'm going to build like an outdoor gym type of thing. Either I say build because, uh, I, I probably just want like pull-up bars and dip bars and stuff like that. Could buy them all, but like to buy the stuff that I want, it's like, I think it'd be like five or six grand and uh, to build it, probably be like 300 bucks. And I actually enjoy building things. So we'll see. And, and since we're renting the house, like, you know, I don't want to like, I'm not going to probably leave it there forever. Um, and so I don't know if I want to transport a freaking, you know, rogue workout rack and all that stuff. I don't really like having possessions, especially after the 18 months of travel. I really hate having crap. So I kind of want just things that are like semi-disposable. <laughs> you just like get rid of them. Um, I, I do actually feel like a lot better. Um, when I have less and, uh, yeah, so I think I'm going to build that in one of the corners. I want to start working out outside, um, kind of even out my, 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 my tan. I'm a little light <laughs> in certain areas. Um, so anyway, that's that. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for today. So anyway, hopefully you guys have an amazing day and uh, we'll talk to y'all soon. Have a great day guys.